Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Corey McCarthy is back on this episode of the Next Chapters series. Corey is the owner of McCarthy IE, a Buffalo-based company that creates awe-inspiring living spaces. He's a devoted community servant and an awesome father. If you've been listening, you heard Corey share his first chapter, good family, good education, supportive parents, and then some twists and turns including our incarceration, and it looked like things were going to end badly. And it was bad until the turnaround. So, Corey, will you give us a quick recap of where you were and where you are now? And then I'm going to ask you about the steps in between, because that's where, to me, there's so much power in the middle of your story. So, quick recap. Yeah, sure. Um I was in, I spent an awful lot of time in some of the worst places that I think you can go, at least in our society. Um, in North America, I was incarcerated for eight years um, in my 20s, my entire 20s. And mentally, I was in some terrible places with addiction, shame. And where I am now is a... Um, really beautiful place with lilac bushes all through my backyard, a safe home that my mother spends the time in. My daughter lives in with me, a successful company, a lot of freedom. Um, I've traveled the world. I continue to, uh, I, you know, like you said, I serve the community. I, I have a very fulfilling and uh, enjoyable life that I'm very grateful for today. So something changed within you, deep inside of you, that made you want a different life. And that's the middle. That's where the middle begins. So what was it? Like, what was the change? Um, how did you also, all right, I'm supposed to ask one question at a time. So what is the change? And then another question came to my mind, and I'm going to ask you so I don't forget. Okay. How did you keep the seed for the change watered and nurtured? Beautiful questions. Um, and the follow-up question, I'm glad you asked, um, because it's a really big part of it, right? So first of all, none of these things are definitive meaning. If I say, you know, uh, one of the things that we talked about on the earlier interview was uh, unity of thought and deed, right? Like doing and saying. And so one of the things I've said for a while is you need to have unity of thought, word, and deed. Um, but none of those, by, by not definitive, what I mean is it's not something you can practice every single day or, or something you're going to get right every single time. So what was the seed? <clears throat> the seed of change was probably simply hope hope that I could be a father, hope that I could make my parents proud, hope that maybe I had, maybe there was a possibility of something different for me if I worked hard enough. Um, but the work hard enough thing, you know, there was, there was bad days. There's still challenging days. There's still days where it's, it's hard to get up and, and do the things that I know are going to help me have the life that I want. Um, 
and I mean, that's, that's repeated. That's been repeated in success and in failure. Um, and how do I keep that like hope watered? Um, faith is one of the big ways, right? Like, and the reason I liked your second question is because that's how I've come to look at it. I remember I'm not a very religious man, but I do, I have read the Torah, the Bible, the Quran, um, a, a number of Buddhist, uh, texts. And one of the things that was often repeated in those texts was it's really important, the soil that you plant seeds in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's why I like that question so much. And it, and it's throughout all those different texts. And, and so it was like, well, you need to keep this soil clean. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all these other little lessons came in. And those lessons were things like, if you want to be a millionaire, hang out with five millionaires and you might be the sixth. hang out with meatballs and you'll end up in the sauce. <laughs> so it was like, you know, it was like core. If, if, you know, if you're, if you're hanging around, even when I was incarcerated uh, or when I got out of prison, it was like, who are you spending your time with? Mm-hmm. Right. Are you hanging out with your buddies in the backyard? Just, you know, doing nothing and talking BS or are you like hanging out with some people who are doing some things and talking about properties and talking about businesses and talking about having, you know, um, successful home lives and relationships. There was a ton of lessons that came along with how do I keep this soil as fertile as possible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that I can grow. Yeah. And one of the things I've noticed about you is that you add to your circle. It's not a, um, it's not a little t- tiny tight circle. The other thing that I know about you is that your circle is diverse beyond belief. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> really diverse. Um, Wildly, yeah. <laughs> and I like it that way. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about Wallace because <laughs> when we talk about diversity, I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. You may not know this, but, um, and I don't know if you want to even get into this, but I, I was able, he let me shave him before his family came. Mm-hmm. I could cry talking about this, but I, I've had, and I continue to have friends that amaze other people, 90 year old Jamaican men. Mm-hmm. Um, I just lost a friend named Raj who taught me how to bake in his kitchen in the last 10 years. And we had lunch every week together. He was an 80 year old man from India. Mm-hmm. Um, and I now have lunch every week. Actually, today I'll have lunch with his wife, Pratima, who's a 65-year-old Indian woman uh, mm-hmm. in the United States. I have a friend in Florida named George who's from Greece. I, and, and these are all people, um, I, so many friends. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel really blessed to have them all, mm-hmm. you know, and learn from them all and to try to continue to seek out people who can teach me things. Yeah. And you, I think part of the reason your relationships work is because you believe in going deep. Um, You are not a man to have surface relationships. You are a no-nonsense person when it comes to relationships. Even being willing to go be with Wallace before he transitioned. um, I hate that word transitioned. I don't even know why I said it. Before he died, that's that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Being willing to do those kinds of things makes such a difference, having a heart to serve. Um, It's interesting. I did not know that you had done all this reading and sought all these different spiritual practices. Um, What, what, what was the impetus for that? 
Honestly, I, I, I read a lot of those before I was sober um, and then a little bit after. And I think it was because I was looking for an answer outside of myself, somebody I could pray to who could change my circumstances, I would mm -hmm. imagine, or mm -hmm. something that I could look to really outside of myself that would fix things. Mm -hmm. And I like to try to prove things wrong. So I think I might have read it all to, to, to try to like, see, this is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, the problem's out there. It's not in me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you caught that because, yeah, that was uh, what I was probably most likely <sighs> doing. So when when you think about the support network that you have, what are some of the things that you do intentionally to be a support to other people? Like I know about the mentoring um, in the prison. I know about other things that you do, but I want you to talk about it. Yeah, I have, I have a number of guys. Uh, it's, it's a small number of guys that I write or correspond with in prison. Um, I have, I have men who have gotten sober in Alcoholics Anonymous that I've uh, sponsored is what they call it. So basically you just show them the road that you took. Mm -hmm. um, there's a program in Buffalo called Project Blue, which is a jail-based program. So, uh, and I speak to the men in that program pretty much monthly uh, via Zoom. These are incarcerated guys who are soon to get out and are looking for jobs and looking just looking to get their lives on track um and a lot of times one of the things that i'll say to people is i'm not here to tell you what to do i'm here to tell you what you can do or what's possible for you because everybody i mean it's it's super presumptuous to say like oh this is this is what i did and this is what you can do and this is what you right. should do right. and we all have very different lives and circumstances but like especially in a lot of these dark situations, it, especially in prison situations, the door is so revolving that you don't see anyone come back that's a success. Mm -hmm. So I try to do that as often as possible. I also run like uh, men's emotional intelligence groups. Um, I've done men's retreats uh, up in Maine. Those are amazing. I uh, I do as many things as I can to try to be there for people when they need, you know, share a little bit of grace, but I can be a little rough too. Like you said, I'm, I'm very, I can, with my relationships, I'd rather just get to the meat of things instead of, um, instead of be vague and, and wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for self care? I, I happen to know that you love to travel and that you do some kind of out of the box travel stuff, Corey, like um, not necessarily in a hotel, not yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> some, some of this travel. So, I mean, obviously freedom's a big thing for me. Um, and, and I think probably I think about the word and its meanings more than most people being in my truck, which is paid for, which feels really cool. Um, I have this huge dog and we'll travel together. I'll, I'll drive kind of aimlessly um, with a destination in mind, you know, like oh, I'm going to head down to Florida. I don't care if it takes me a week to get there. We'll sleep on the top of mountains. 
yeah, I, I couldn't tell you how much joy I get out of waking up in the morning, looking how much road I can travel, where it's going to be above 50 degrees at night with the best uh, outlook. You know, um, less than a month and a half ago, I was on top of the mountains in Georgia uh, at 10 o'clock at night watching the sky with the, with my dog in the back of the truck. And and literally just an open, basically movie screen to the mountain ranges and God's beauty, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's some of the stuff I do. But also, it, it, I think this is really important. So often when we hear the word discipline, there's this really negative connotation. And for me, a big part of self-care is self-discipline. Um, and it's things like trying to go to bed around the same time and get up around the same time. That's self-care for me. That keeps me healthy. It keeps my mind. It actually lowers your, your chances of having anxiety to be on a circadian rhythm of some sort, right? Exercise. I try to exercise and stretch and do yoga as often as possible. I, I try to eat as healthy as possible. Um, I'm also not, I don't go over the top with any of this stuff. If I miss a day, I don't beat myself up, but I do these things because these things keep me feeling good. They really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I also will eat a big bowl of ice cream and call it self-care too from time to time. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's real balance in that. But for me, there's, you know, there's surfing um, terrifies me every single time. And I love it every single time. I try to jump in the water as often as possible. I try to see the sunrise and sunset as often as possible. For me, those things are, are very, very spiritual. Um, mm-hmm. And they're really heavy levels of like self-care. Yeah. And you also, uh, one of the things that you did was to just take off for a few months to just mm-hmm. live in Florida. Just yeah, kind of, I don't want to say... Um, spontaneously but there was some spontaneity to that absolutely yeah i um back this january i uh, so it's a it's a a slightly complicated situation but i had lost a friend in florida he had died and his family was getting ready to put the house back together that he had owned and either sell it or put it on the market for rental and um I offered to come and help them do that. And they then in turn offered to let me stay there for free and eat in the restaurants that they own for free. And they would also pay me to work on some of the projects that they had. So i I drove down there for two months and, you know, facing the loss of my friend, facing the loss of some other things and, and diving into that, I, I filled that space with new relationships. Um, I got up down there and watched the sunrise. I would have dinner with my friend's uncle every night and his family every night. Uh, and it was just, if I hadn't drove down there, I'd never have this experience. And now I think I have some new lifelong friends and they've actually invited me to Greece uh, to visit them in Greece this summer. And I'm so looking forward to going to Europe. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But you were open to it. And I think that part of part of the story of change in your life and in anybody's life is you have to be open to new experiences for as for as long as you're closed off 
growth can't happen. And even scary new experiences, especially scary new experiences. Yeah. Yeah, you make a good point because, and to be quick, the, the reason I feel like that's a good point is because you can plot a course in a direction that you want to go and then still be open to whatever's there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one of the things that's really helped me get to where I am is humility. And, and, and my definition of that is being able to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the only way that I can fill new information in is by making space by saying like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you show me? Can you teach me? Um, I'm open to it. Like what is, Oh, what's Greece like? Well, why don't you come visit us? Really? Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll come, of course. <laughs> Thank right. you very much. I'm wildly <laughs> open to that. Okay. But even in your business, you have really taken it upon yourself to learn a lot and to have people who can teach you, you know, more and more and more and more. Um, that's something, I mean, I've watched you go from, you know, painting my house on Henley to these fantastic restorations on the west side where the houses are just phenomenal so you sought out um, people who could teach you more absolutely i still do as often Mm -hmm. as i can yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so in thinking about that they don't just pop up do you go and say hey i'm corey and i want to know more about x or how does this happen Interestingly enough, I think they do pop up, um, but they don't pop up and say, hey, I'm blank and I'm here to teach you about blank, right? They pop up in different ways. So I'll, I'll give you a, a really good example. There's a there's a company in Buffalo that is uh, head and shoulders above the rest in its field. It's a roofing company. They deal with slate roofs and copper roofs. And three years ago, a friend of mine who was a painter and a mentor of mine called me and said, hey, I'm kind of getting out of the business. And this guy, this roofer needs some work done. Can you help him out? So I said, sure, I'd love to. It just so happened that he was doing work in one of the most exclusive private member clubs in Buffalo. Um, my friend, the painter who brought me there knew this. He knew that it would be a good connection for me to have. I've since had this connection. Me and the the roof, the, the man who owns this roofing company have become friends. I've traveled to Costa Rica with him and my mother, um, which is through a roofers association, which just so happens to be a tax write-off for my company. And I've also made off of that relationship because of referrals back and forth between me and this roofer, I've brought in probably over $200,000 in sales in two years, just off that relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm actually meeting him after this interview. You're doing a lot after this interview. You're going to lunch with somebody and you're going to I, I, roof. I have a full list of, <laughs> of things to do on my phone. And I'd like to punch, uh, a, you know, like not knock them off the list as I go through the day. I love that. I love that. I love that. So you, you, 
That's interesting that you say that the people do just show up, but it's your openness that allows you to see that they're there and to build a, a relationship, a mutually supportive relationship. That's interesting. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that. I think I think it, this needs to be said. I think there's also you need to like I needed I needed to get out of my own way because the initial job wasn't a great job. Right. It was, mm -hmm. I mean, not that it wasn't great. It was difficult and it wasn't going to pay really well. Um, but it was a foot in the door somewhere and it was a way to make a relationship. And so, so and, and show what my reputation really is like, hey, he'll show up on time. He'll do what's asked of him. He'll listen when when it's necessary and he'll get things done when you ask him to, you know. Um, and I felt like if I could do that, like there might be something on the end of this. I didn't know that I was going to travel anywhere with this gentleman. I didn't know that he was going to bring this amount of work into my business or use me almost exclusively as his painter. Um, but I was open to the idea, as it, it, like you said earlier, you know, mm -hmm. I was open to the idea that maybe this will be a good thing. Even when I went to Florida, mm -hmm. one of the things that I was interested in doing was meeting my friend's uncle who's owns three restaurants and multiple properties, just just to be a, around another male role role model, you know, somebody mm -hmm. who I could look at and say, okay, what are they doing right? You know, and yeah. how can I learn from it? Yeah. And you can't get enough of those good role models. I mean, I think that we always have to be um, in search of those role models because as we evolve, our needs for growth and learning evolve as well. Yeah, I think that's a real important piece and important point there. You know, as you were saying that one of the things I was thinking is when people tell me that they want to get into this business, consulting, speaking, training, whatever, one of the things I say is do some stuff for free. Like do stuff for free, except some low, low pay work because you will meet people. And like you said, people got to know Corey McCarthy. They got to know your reputation. They got to know who you are and what you can bring. So I think that's a really important point that sometimes it's in the hard stuff that isn't lucrative, that the lucrative stuff can come. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. I'm, I am grateful that you came back and were willing to share the turnaround and share um, more of that. But I'd like to talk next time, because there is going to be a next time, I'd like to talk about dreaming new dreams and your continuous evolution and kind of what do you see as your North Star? So you're going to come back? Yes, you are. I would love to. Yeah. Thank you, Joanne. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Corey. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.